Tonight on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, we break down the fantasy impacts of the NFL Draft. It's time for Garbage Time. Heckling fandom, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Tonight it is me, Joe, hosting, and I am joined by Ron. Ron, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you today, Joe? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. The Aaron Rodgers saga is finally over. He's on my team as of last week. We had the NFL draft, which was exciting, interesting, some bad landing spots, some good ones. We'll go over all that tonight. Anything surprise you during the draft? Uh... I've I've learned not to be too shocked by the NFL draft anymore. Every year, something is shocking, so it kind of makes it so nothing is shocking anymore. Yeah, I think the Texans kind of fucked it up from the get-go going for the two and three spots. So uh, why don't you go over our sabotage draft, too? Who ended up winning that this year? Uh, we have a back-to-back champion and Mr. Ryan Warner. Uh, all the times he doesn't come on the podcast really – made his draft picks way better. Uh, Joe is back-to-back picking the first two right and then not getting a single thing right after that. Absolute bullshit, but I will say the majority of, my, of drafts for the NFL, only 8 eight to 10% of the picks are actually correct in any mock draft. So, you know, I'm right on par. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's impossible. Like, no one's, no one's going to uh, mock the Texans trading up to number It's like Will Anderson. And then no one's going to mock the Cardinals trading back to 12 and then back up to six. Like no, that was ridiculous. Just stuff like that. It's, it's impossible to mock. No. And if you want to see our reactions to us and uh, the Jets taking Will McDonald, go onto our YouTube and see our reaction videos from the draft too. So that's always a lot of fun. Uh, without further ado, guys, make sure to like and subscribe to the show here on YouTube. We are also live on Twitch and Twitter. You can listen to us in audio formats on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Amazon, iHeartRadio. Tune in and leave us voicemails and hate mails at www.garbagetimeff.com like EJ did this week. You arrogantly said, bring it on, Christian. And I'm bringing it. And here's EJ's voicemail from Breathing Fantasy Football, literally here on YouTube. Make sure to give him a listen and subscribe to the show, guys. Wow. Today is the day the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers. I hope you love it. I hope you are happy swapping picks, giving the Packers a second this year, giving the Packers a first-round pick next year. Yeah, you heard that. If it's a second, that means he is busted this year. So I hope you enjoy your little number eight. And I hope it makes the rest of your summer. Have a good day. Breathing fantasy football, literally. <laughs> EJ, let me just say this. I have been living in Nirvana since Aaron Rodgers has been trained to the Jets. I have been taking nothing but shit from our resident Bears fan, JJ, and all of our group chats, uh, former podcaster, and I'm sure a special guest on future episodes here. And I don't give one rat's ass about the trash she's talking because I know when the season comes around, the Jets are stocking up on players. We had two today, Randall Cobb and Al Wood. I know we're going to have a damn good season. We're going to be involved in the playoffs, 
and probably going to be playing the Giants week one, I think, for the September 11th game on Monday night. That's the rumor anyway, Ron. Hey, I'd be all right with that. The sooner I can get to that game, the better, you know? Yeah, uh, I have that week off. If that's the game that is coming out, I will be there. Yeah. Uh, and EJ, okay. I think the trade package for Aaron Rodgers, too, was a little bit higher than I was expecting. I don't think the pick swap was <clears throat> too bad, but it kind of screwed us out of an offensive lineman by the end of the night. But I think our draft ended up all right, regardless. Got a center in the second round, so that's okay. The second round pick was fair. But the pick that really kind of got to me was the first-round pick the following year that is really a second, dictated by the fact that if he plays 66% of snaps, I believe, which would be 65. by – Yeah, 65, which would be by week 11. So he's definitely going to be giving us a first-round pick on that kind of value. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's, we're going to be in for a good year, but it's a lot to pay for a quarterback. But – if we want a Super Bowl, we won't give a shit. So, without further ado, Ron, you got you ready to get into the news before we go over the draft review? News updates. All right, kind of floating around the fantasy football uh, rumor realm is Jared Goff's extension. This kind of came out yesterday, Ron, and I wanted to get your thoughts about this. The Detroit Lions ended up drafting Hendon Hooker, which we'll go over when we get to the draft review in terms of fantasy football. But I wanted to get your thoughts on a potential Jared Goff extension. And Do you think this will actually happen and what the <clears throat> fantasy impacts of it would be? Um, Hendon Hooker, second round, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Hendon Hooker, yes, he did end up going in the second round. And they traded up to go get Hendon Hooker, I believe, also. Or was that the Titans that traded up for Will Levis? I think the Titans oh, yeah. traded up for Will Levis. Anyway, I don't know. Um, the contract extension, uh, I could see it be one of two things. I, I don't think it happens before the season, but I think if Jared Goff plays well enough to get them to the playoffs and maybe even make a playoff push, the might get an extension. Uh, it also is going to depend on how Hendon Hooker is uh, practicing and everything. And if they think he looks good, like he can take him over the hump or whatnot, you might see them just move on from Jared Goff. So Hendon Hooker was picked 68 in the draft, so he was right on that cusp of the second and third round. Uh, I thought that draft capital was appropriate for him. Getting into Jared Goff, though, I really kind of get the feeling that they like him there. I do think that they're going to extend him, and I think he's a good high-end QB2 for your dynasty teams. That offense, I think, could be explosive when they finally get their uh, gambling star back on the other side. Thoughts? Yeah. I think they, I, I do think they like Jared Goff, but I just, I don't think they're going to want to, if he comes out and is the reason this team doesn't go far, they're they're not going to want to be tied to him. If Hendon Hooker shows out, I mean, there's people that had Hendon Hooker as, you know, their top three quarterback in this class before he tore his ACL. He very so, well might have been, and I like his throwing mechanics. Uh, there's a lot of parody when it comes to Hendon Hooker, which would kind of be interesting to see how the Lions take that, if they want to bring him along, if they think the ACL is actually healed, if they kind of disappoint early on in the season, will they turn to him? 
it's going to be interesting to see what they do with these two quarterbacks. I think it's definitely yeah. a situation to evaluate. DeAndre Swift was traded to the Eagles during the draft, so I wanted to get your thoughts on this backfield now that he is going to be paired up with Rashad Penny. Um, obviously, they got a rushing quarterback there, too. They also have some touchdown thieves among that backfield. So how is this backfield going to shake up with DeAndre Swift now in that backfield? Well, Rashad Penny is glass. So yes, I'm not really worried about Rashad Penny much more than a few weeks. But what does worry me is <clears throat> Jalen Hurts is a mobile quarterback. So not only is he going to steal touchdown opportunities, but they don't dump the ball off as much. Now, I do think Jalen Hurts is one of the more one of the running quarterbacks that is more apt to dump the ball off. But I still feel like if it's dump the ball off to Swift for five yards or he can run for 15, he's going to make that choice. Yeah, I think I think it's a decent comparison to what we saw with Miles Sanders last year, too. I think they'll try to use these two running backs in a similar role. Like I said, there's also some third and fourth running backs in that room, one that they spent a lot of capital out of from Memphis there, too. And there's another one in the backfield. Can you remind me of the name? It's kind of escaping me right now. Kenneth Gainwell? There's Gainwell, but there's another one. He was the one that would Austin kind of – Scott. Yeah, Boston Scott, who would kind of flex and take some touchdowns away from some of these running backs, too. And he was a mega pain in the ass for fantasy football. So it'll be very interesting to see how this backfield uh, ends up shaping out. The Eagles didn't have to give up a lot of capital to actually get DeAndre Swift. But I think they believe in him. We've seen the talent there. It's just that he's got some issues fumbling the ball. doesn't always hit lanes right. But he's immensely talented. If anyone can figure him out and unlock the true potential that DeAndre Swift has, it's the Eagles because we saw it a little bit last year. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles still worry me because they lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. But the power, the author, the talent on that team is still unmistakable. So they should still be all right. Are you seeing DeAndre Swift and redraft as an RB2 <clears throat> next year? I mean, he has a potential to be an RB1. If he could stay healthy and, you know, are you worried? Like I said, Rashad Penny is glass. I don't think they would have made this deal if they were super in on Kenneth Gainwell. Um, so, I mean, it could be all Swift's job if he could stay healthy. So there's zero reason he couldn't finish as an RB1. Okay, we'll move on from that now, too. This has kind of been beaten to death for the last week, but we haven't had a show because we ended up covering the NFL draft last week on a bunch of our YouTube videos. So we'll cover it for a second and also mention that Randall Cobb also signed with the Jets today. What is your thoughts on the fantasy impact of Aaron Rodgers' players around him? Um, they also added a running back during the draft. They've upgraded the offensive line this week. What's your thoughts on this offense as a whole now that Aaron Rodgers is with that team? Uh, biggest impact players from that offense and which ones may fade because of it? Well, everything about me wants to say that Garrett Wilson should be a monster this year. but Everything keep, about me thinks he's going to be a monster. Yeah, but they keep bringing in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and all these other players that Aaron Rodgers has already played with. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that Garrett Wilson is the most talented wide receiver in that room. But how long is it going to take to get um, meshed up with 
Garrett Wilson when you've already got that rapport with Lazard. So, and they're going to want to run the ball still. They have Brees Hall. They have Mike Carter. They have Bam Knight. And they just went out and drafted a Banacana. So, <laughs> is he a Banacana? Yeah, that guy. So, Rodgers should throw for at least 4,000 yards. Minimum. Garrett Wilson should catch 1,500 of those yards. But I just don't know if early season they're going to have that rapport enough where Garrett Wilson is going to have that mind meld with Aaron Rodgers like Lazard probably already has. I'm going to say that he does because Rodgers did something this week, which he hasn't done with the Packers in years, which is show up to voluntary workouts to work out with his new teammates. Mind you this too. They brought in Randall Cobb. He's looking nothing more as the wide receiver five on that team. What is it going to max out at? 400, 500 yards. I don't think he's going to really amount to touching it to Garrett Wilson's touches there. Not only that, you've already seen him practicing with Aaron Rodgers. Cobb can help Garrett Wilson learn the offense quickly. I mean, it's not like they don't have a bunch of generals who don't know the offense. They're all very familiar with the offensive coordinator who was the head coach in Denver last year and who coached Aaron Rodgers for a few years here. I don't think the chemistry is going to be a problem when it comes to week one. As for Brees Hall, I think they're going to try to ease him back in, coming off an ACL injury. Uh, I think you'll see kind of a committee situation for three to four weeks with the New York Jets. So I think they will kind of take a pass-happy approach to it early in the year, dumping off some of these other running backs, um, maybe getting Brees his five to ten touches over the first two weeks, unless Brees just takes off and then they just bell cow him because he's just too damn good on the field, which is a possibility. But I think Garrett Wilson is going to be the focal point of the offense for at least the first few weeks, and he's just going to get his during the season. So I very much expect him to be top five in the league, and I think he's going to do that through yards as as opposed to touchdowns. He kind of got his in bunches last year. Say something? Said a lot. Jesus. I don't know what happened. I touched my earbud and it went silent. I'll recast this really quick for you. (laughs) Brees Hall is going to be injured going into the season. They're going to ease him in first few weeks. So they're going to be a little bit pass happy with the other running backs by a committee approach. Garrett Wilson will get his. Lazard, the offensive coordinator in that, will help bring Garrett Wilson along, teach him the offense. Aaron Rodgers will obviously help him through that institution. Rodgers also had another star wide receiver many years ago, just kidding, it was only two years ago, who now plays for the Raiders, who Lazard really didn't take yards away from. So I think from the approach that Lazard and Cobb being there, I don't think he's going to take yards away from Garrett Wilson. I think your first instinct about Garrett Wilson potentially having 1,500 yards this year is the right feeling, where I think he will struggle, which will keep him, I think, on the cusp of the top five wide receivers in the league this year, as opposed to getting into that top five, will be touchdowns, because there's a lot of weapons that Rodgers can throw to who are a lot bigger than Garrett Wilson and can get into the end zone. Okay, but you can't compare Garrett Wilson to Devontae Adams. You absolutely can. He's a possession wide receiver. Right, but they're not the same person. You don't even know if Garrett Wilson is the same echelon as uh, 
Devontae Adams yet. Yes. Aaron Rodgers seems to think he is. He already mentioned him this week. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers also said that he's going from one all or Hall of Fame wide receiver to another talking about Aaron Lazard. So let's just squash that right now. <laughs> Anything that Aaron Rodgers says is a bold face, just idiocracy. Everything that comes out of his mouth is ridiculous. Let's just all agree on that because it's true. Two years ago, yeah, D- Aaron Lazard didn't eat into Devontae Adams things. Devontae Adams had been playing with Aaron Rodgers for multiple years at that point. I'm not saying that I'm projecting Garrett Wilson to, you know, only have like 1,100 yards and five touchdowns, but I'm saying that's not outside of the realm of possibility. Absolutely not, but he would still be a very good fantasy back Running well, fantasy wide right, receiver, but, but people but, are but the place where you're drafting him in the second round might be a little bit of a disappointment, right? And I'm not saying this is not like a bold take saying that's going to happen. This is mm. like it's in the realm of outcomes, trying to manage expectations, you know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. already giving him this crown that he's going to be wide receiver one this year, which he could be. He very that is his ceiling. No doubt. But, I think somewhere where you may actually find a lot of value in drafts this upcoming year is someone we are potentially talking about trading or cutting and who I think is going to now stick around there, Corey Davis. He was on a lot of trade rumors to go to the Packers the last two years, <clears throat> and they actually tried to get him at the trade deadline, and I've kind of got the feeling that it's because Aaron Rodgers probably wanted him. So I think he likes his play style, and I think that Rodgers' throwing style could elevate his game. I'm not saying – maybe a thousand yards for him, but he could be a decent wide receiver three that you I could end up getting in the ninth, 10th, 11th round. I think he'll have his weeks, but I think it'd be one of those things like it'll be hard, really hard to gauge which week it is. Yeah. He's going to be nothing more than a flex wide receiver three. Yeah. And the weeks that he goes off will be the weeks he's on your bench. Cause he just gave up two disappointing weeks prior. You know what I mean? Could be a good one of those situations. Right. Yeah. And as for Randall Cobb, he's not going to be fantasy relevant. Lazard will be fantasy relevant. It'll be interesting to see how these how this tight end room kind of shakes out too because Rodgers does like throwing to the tight ends, but we have a lot of them. So I'm going to stray away from the tight ends for now. Truth. All right, Ron, you ready to get into the draft recap and the fantasy aspects of it? Let's go. All right, so we, can, we have a lot of questions here, so we can take – you know, 30 seconds to a minute on each of them and just kind of go through them. We just want to give a good rundown of the fantasy owners about what to expect for their rookie dynasty drafts coming up, what they can expect for redraft. So this is going to be a coverall of what they can expect from the draft and the outlooks of these players, depending on where they got drafted. So we'll start right at the top and then go right down the draft. So first question I've got for you, Ron, is about Bryce Young. So I'm going to ask you, is he going to have a similar curve to a player with similar specs, Kyler Murray, like he did with the Cardinals, or is he going to have a lower ceiling his first year? He's not. Yeah, no, he's going to finish. If he breaks into any type of fantasy relevant, it'll be QB two. He doesn't have that much in the realm of weapons there. I think they're going to want to run the ball a, a bit to take the pressure off them. Now with Miles Sanders, um, so I don't think he like honestly 3200 passing yards and 17 touchdowns will probably be that's what he finishes right. and that's average that's average to good for a rookie QB. You can't expect much more than that from him. 
Is that going to be due to his talent or the lack of true number one weapons there? I mean, a mix of both. I mean, he's a very talented guy, but he doesn't have a lot of weapons. I mean, if he was going into a situation where he had a lot of good weapons to throw to, he probably could finish in more of the 3,800, 20, 21 touchdowns type of thing. But he's going to have to be a next level talent to um, what's our, like raise up the rest of the people in this room. So you're not seeing a Cam Newton kind of rookie year? No, he doesn't rush the ball enough. He likes to run, but he likes to run around behind the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? He's not running. He's not running north and south. He's trying to make something happen behind the line of scrimmage. You know, like uh, Russell Wilson always does. Yeah, Russell Wilson always had some rushing yards when he was younger, but he always made his magic, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, make people miss back there waiting for wide receivers to get open, which you're going to see some electric plays from Bryce Young this year. I guarantee it. There's going to be times where you're like, holy crap, what he just did was ridiculous. You know who else like to rush behind the line and then throw a lot of picks? Zach Wilson. You may see a lot of interceptions. From I think, I there think, may uh, be a little bit of a learning curve here. I think Bryce Young is way more accurate than Zach Wilson. I think anyone is more accurate than Zach Wilson. I think we've established that up to this point. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the second player on this list. So question I've got for you. Will C.J. Stroud have enough weapons with the Texans to be fantasy relevant in his first year? He's a little bit more of a pocket passer, I think, than Bryce Young. I, my initial opinion here is just that he doesn't have enough. It kind of feels like they're devoid of weapons. Yeah, no, I just – I don't see it. I don't see him having enough. It's going to be the same thing, like – when I go to stat these players, these two guys out, it'll probably look eerily some similar. Um, but I do think actually that CJ Stroud will have more interceptions just because he's not as good as Bryce Young with maneuvering the pocket and escaping pressure in there. Okay. Um I think CJ Stroud is a little bit more uh sneakily uh north and south rusher than Bryce Young, so I think he may end up with more rushing yards this year, but I'm not projecting for like anything crazy, like 250 throughout the course of the year type of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I got I these guys will both probably finish as low end QB twos by the end of the year. All right. <clears throat> Next question I've got for you: Will Anthony Richardson start Week One for the Colts? Was he the right fit for that team, or will he have to wait? under the stash of Gardner Minshew. So the, both the coach and GM are, have come out and said, you know, they pretty much said he's going to be the starter since week one. They both said something to the line of, you're not going to learn sitting on the bench. You need to get out there and play to learn. So, yeah, I think he's going to be starter week one, and he'll finish the highest out of all three of these quarterbacks in fantasy. What are his numbers going to look like, and is it going to be based on his athletic ability to run the ball that's really going to make him fantasy relevant, similar to a Justin Fields kind of rookie year? Yeah. Like, so in my head, I've been kind of – I haven't statted anything out yet, but in my head I was thinking about it. But I think you're going to see something along the lines of, like, 2,700 uh, passing yards. So mm -hmm. lower passing volume, probably lower passing touchdown, something along the lines of 13, 14 
probably something like eight or nine interceptions. But he's going to end up with like 700 rushing yards. If he plays a full... Yeah, if he plays a full season, gets 700 rushing yards and say six or seven rushing touchdowns, he'll be high-end QB2 at least. Yeah, that, that's the equivalent of adding a running back three to your team while having a quarterback yeah. there. So it would be a nice little flex to get him up into that quarterback two situation there. Long-term, which one of these three is going to have the best fantasy impact on their teams, though? It's going to be Richardson. It's going to be Richardson for the next five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll have to develop as a passer to go longer than that. I think C.J. Stroud would be number two in that and also give you the length. Bryce Young, I think, will be all right, but I think uh, you're going to see his body break down faster than either one of these other two just because of his slight frame. Yep. I don't see any three of these QBs flaming out of the league, though. I think they've got the, the tools to at least stick around for quite a while. So yeah. I don't look for these guys to be bust right away. I because, really they, all yeah. three of them. because they were drafted top five, they've each got at least three years, at least. Unless Probably you more. play like Zach Wilson, then you get you know a year and a half. I don't think any of these guys are going to play like Zach Wilson. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Bijan Robinson. He was drafted by the Falcons, who have a propensity to run the ball very heavily. So, question I've got for you is, does Bijan have the potential to be a top-five fantasy back this year? He has the potential to be the RB1 this year. That's incredible. That That is the ceiling, and his floor is running back eight. Where are you looking to draft him in Dynasty startups and redraft? Um, honestly, Dynasty startup is... Uh, in non-superflex, it's 101. In superflex, maybe 102 if you decide you want to take Anthony Richardson 101. Wow. Uh, what about startup uh, drafts, though? It sounded like you said rookie drafts. Yeah, that was rookie drafts. Startup drafts. First round. Yeah, I think he's that, probably round. somewhere between six to eight, I think, is the yeah. perfect spot for him. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, you're going to take... You're going to take CMC. You're going to take probably – I wouldn't be surprised if in some leagues he goes before Jonathan Taylor. I think he will go with him in front of Jonathan Taylor in the majority of leagues. And I think he should. Like, that is the absolute perfect offense that I actually wanted him to land in. That was I told you on previous shows that the perfect chemistry was in that offense because they mm-hmm. are really looking to play ugly football, which is run a shitload and have good defense, and they have stacked up that defense this year. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fun to watch him, and I think everyone's going to be watching him very heavily this year, especially the fantasy community. Next one I got for you. Did Jamar Gibbs get drafted by the Detroit Lions too high, and will he get the majority of first-team reps for that team? So did he get drafted too high? Yes. I mean, I can't make that distinction, but. I know everybody says that they could have traded back a couple times and probably got him later. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, Actually, out in the rumor mill was that the Jets were interested in him at 15. I don't know why the hell we would have been. I understand he's immensely talented. I think they were trying to create that Green Bay backfield potentially of two backs like they had. Um, But it sounded like some other teams were interested. But it could also just be the Detroit Lions blowing smoke out there to justify why they took him at 12. I just I just feel like they had so many needs on this team, and they're so close to being, like, 
true contenders in the NFC, really. And I just feel like you've kind of done more to help your team. Now, don't get me wrong. Jameer Gibbs going to be great for fantasy this year because they drafted him high. They have a plan for him. So, and honestly, outside of uh, the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown, they don't have anybody on this team for pass catchers right now. For James, six weeks. Well, Jameson, and the thing is, we're all just projecting that Jameson Williams is going to be good. We're assuming, but he hasn't shown yeah. it yet. He hasn't proven anything yet. No. He could be a bust, like, for all we know. So, right now, they have St. Brown. So, they could have drafted Jameer Gibbs to be a slot wide receiver. You know what I You're mean? You're not kidding. Yeah, he, he so, really gives you that Alvin Kamara kind of vibe where you can throw right. all over the field and he so, can catch. I think he, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he had 100 targets this year. Are you projecting him potentially higher than Bijan Robinson? Could he actually surpass him in any in any of these outcomes? I know you oh, said yeah. that Bijan's got the potential to be the number one overall, but it sounded like you're throwing Jameer Gibbs kind of up on a pedestal too. Is there okay. scenarios where he actually finishes higher than Bijan? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's it's definitely in there. I'm, I probably wouldn't project it, but it's definitely possible. You think if you figure if Jameer Gibbs gets what, let's say 180 mm-hmm. uh, rushing attempts on the year, roughly 800 yards, you know what yeah. I mean? Gets 100 targets, catches, let's say 75% of them, gets 75 receptions for another 800 yards, sprinkle in a random, let's say, what, seven teach- touchdowns total between rushing and receiving, you got yourself a top 10 back. Agree. You know I mean? yeah. So it pass catching backs. I mean, that's why everyone loves the pass catching backs. And but, you made a really interesting point there earlier, not to jump onto another topic here, but you said that the Lions don't have a lot of pass catchers. They drafted a tight end, which is very interesting to uh, Laporta, whose specialty is catching, and they like to use the tight end position. So it'll be interesting to see if he can produce as a rookie even really early. He's really an interesting target, and we'll get into him a little bit more later. Yeah. Yeah, All right, tight ends generally don't do much, though. No, they don't, but he's one that you could potentially take a late-round flyer on, especially in your dynasty rookie drafts. Maybe not in redraft yet, but he's someone to at least evaluate on the waiver wire. All right, next question. Will Jackson Smith and Jigba be buried on the Seahawks roster the first year, or will he overcome Tyler Lockett for the number two spot eventually? Um. Well, I know you don't care for the landing spot. I did not mind it very much at all. Okay. Uh, the Seahawks run 11 personnel 65% of the time. So, or the three wide receiver, I'm pretty sure that's 11. Um, 65% of the time. So he's going to fit right into that slot role. Obviously they'll move people around a bit here and there, but Tyler Lockett. Yes. Great wide receiver. Do I think that Jackson Smith, the Jigga Najigba will instantly just beat him out this year? No. But Tyler Lockett misses games. Tyler Lockett gets hurt. Often. And he will instantly be plugged in as the second wide receiver. Instantly, if that happens. If DJ DK Metcalf could possibly get injured, I don't know how you can at that size. But, again, Jackson Smith Najigba will be right there. What's the ceiling on him this year? 
<clears throat> top 15. What's the floor? Between 25 and 30. So you're rating him as a pretty high wide receiver this year, regardless, as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, we've been seeing more rookie wide receivers produce early yeah. as opposed to previous years. Like, a lot of these wide receivers tend to be coming into the league, especially where he played from in Ohio State and being league ready. So I could see that. And the way I see it is they drafted him super early. <clears throat> and it wasn't really a position of need. Fair. Right? They took the talent and said – this man will help our team if we put him on the field. So they're going to want to use him. There is no other wide receiver that is like Jackson Smith or Jigba. His size is unique. His shiftiness is unique. He, he just is a unique player. Like a lot of the times you like to do comps to other players. I really don't think there is a comp in this league to Jackson Smith or Jigba. And I think a lot of corners are going to struggle with him because he's just shifty in his routes. He's a good route running. He does it at a good click and he just gets out of those He's not fast. He just knows how to get off the ball and get open. It, teams are going to struggle with him, I think. And I know we're not doing this today, but I just want to throw out one of the biggest winners from this draft was Geno Smith. I agree. They didn't draft a Q or they didn't draft a QB, and they just brought him in weapons. They're like, "Let's go, Geno," yeah. which really yeah. helps my dynasty team. It looks like they believe in him. Yeah, they really do. All right, next wide receiver that came off the board was Quinton Johnson. So question I've got for you is, Quinton Johnson talented enough to overcome uh, what I kind of saw is his body catching, which is a problem for a lot of college wide receivers. And <clears throat> will he eventually be the Chargers replacement for Roy, Mike Williams? Yeah, he definitely will be. I mean, Michael Mike Williams is already, what, 27, 28-ish years old? Yep. And can't stay healthy. He can't. So... They brought in another big-bodied wide receiver. Yeah, he doesn't catch the ball smoothly all the time. Yeah. But he's got that size-speed combo that NFL teams love. So he's going to get a chance. Uh, he'll definitely be in as their third wide receiver right from the get-go. And he has the chance to beat out Mike Williams. And again, Mike Williams is glass. Misses time every year. Keenan Allen is getting older. He could be Keenan Allen's replacement next year. You know what I mean? Like for Dynasty, he's a huge get. You know what's kind of funny is he's kind of a mix of both of them, though, too. He's got Mike Williams' size, but he doesn't play like Mike Williams. But he's got the route running of Keenan Allen, but he can stretch the field. It's something that neither one of them can do. So he's got aspects of both of them, but he gives them another aspect that neither one of them too. So he's kind of a nice complimentary piece to them now. But I think long-term, he's going to be the replacement for Mike Williams. I think this year, I kind of see him more as a wide receiver three, hit or miss, could have those huge weeks like a Tyler Lockett, based on the fact that you could get a big play out of him any given week. Um, but well, and I, I think the problems where he's going to struggle is, as I said, the drops. Because I think the way he catches and the way NFL quarterbacks throw, especially Justin Herbert to him, he's going to have to adjust to. I mean, how many, how many weeks last year – were Keenan Allen and Mike Williams injured. It was it felt like the whole damn season. It felt like the whole season, which means he would come in and be the number one for Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. It's nice. Tell me he didn't land in the best spot out of all these wide receivers. The best spot that he could have landed in. Yeah. 
All right. Next one I got for you here is will Zay Flowers be a top target in Todd Mockin's pass happy offense? Or are they going to revert it down just a little bit for the old Ravens tradition of running the ball? Um, I don't know if they'll revert it down that much. I think I think Lamar Jackson wants to show that he's a better passer than because he is a good passer. Yeah. I know people give him a lot of crap, but I think he wants to show people like and he probably doesn't want to run as much. He wants to you know, prolong his career, you know, and they did all the stuff. They brought in Odell Beckham, which I know he's 30. I know he's not what he once was, but he's over a full year removed from his ACL, which is generally what you want to see for that type of injury. Uh, He's been staying in shape, but he hasn't played football in a year either. But all they did was bring in talent for Lamar Jackson. So, if Odell Beckham isn't what he was, then there's Zay Flowers. I mean, who else on this depth chart is going to beat out? You know, he's got to beat out what? Rashad Bateman for the number two, probably? Yeah, and they spent first-round capital on him, which they did with Bateman anyway, but they go right back-to-back and do it again. It kind of yeah. shows that they want him to supplant him, I think. So I don't think you really have to worry about <clears> Rashad <throat> Bateman overtaking him. I think Zay Flowers is going to have a role right away. And it's going to really be interesting to see if he kind of falls, maybe not early as a rookie, but down the line into that Hollywood Brown kind of role. Yeah. Because he is of similar size, too. He's a small wide receiver. I'm not saying he plays in the same style, but that could well, be they all were. happen. <laughs> yeah, but they all are this year, except for three of them. Yeah. All right, let's talk about another small wide receiver here, Jordan Addison. So my question for you on him is, as a wide receiver, too, for the Vikings, does Jordan Addison – have the ability to lead all rookie wide receivers in fantasy scoring this year? Um, No, I don't think so. I think uh, because Justin Jefferson's there, and we've seen plenty of times last year that Kirk Cousin loves to hyper-target Justin Jefferson, I think Jordan Addison helps a lot, and I think Jordan Addison has a great rookie year. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you. I think. I think JSN will probably have a better year, even though he's the number three. Um, <clears throat> Zay Flowers could have a better year. And Quentin Johnson. I mean, I think I think the pathways for those guys to have better years is there over. Addison. Don't get me wrong. I think Addison has a phenomenal year. I could easily see him with eight to 900 yards. I think that's kind of likely. I think he'll fall into that second role. Um, <clears throat> Thielen's gone now, and I think he's obviously the replacement there. KJ Osborne is a wide receiver three, so there's still a target there. They throw the ball to the running back position. Currently, they still have two on that roster and two very good running backs. And don't forget TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, he's there too. And on top of that, like you said, the Monster peppering target, <coughs> Justin Jefferson. Uh, so let me ask you this then. Which will you mention JSN? I want to bring him up again really quick. Will JSN have better numbers than Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave this year as a rookie? I'm not saying yeah. those two in year two, but will he have better rookie numbers than those two had? He could probably get over Chris Olave. Chris Olave missed quite a few games, but Garrett Wilson last year, 
I think he had over a thousand, didn't he? I mean, eleven hundred yards, fourteen. Yeah, I, I don't think Jason gets. I don't think Jason gets quite that much. Okay. If he breaks a thousand, I think it'll be like just over a thousand. I mean, if Tyler Lockett gets injured, he could though. You know what I mean? I just yeah. All right, let's talk about a tight end, the only one that went in the first round. Will Dalton Cade have fantasy production at the tight end position for the Bills as a rookie, and is he worth a first-round dynasty rookie pick? I don't think tight ends are ever worth a first-round dynasty rookie pick. It's hard to try to take them there. It's They don't perform year one, and you could probably get them. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he doesn't perform this year at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they still have Dawson Knox on that roster, by the way. Yeah, but I will say Kincaid is a lot more athletic than Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is just kind of a dude that, you know, his quarterback likes, where I think Dalton Kincaid's talent is surmountably more. I think you're going to see Dawson Knox get buried on that roster. But the quarterback likes, the quarterback trusts, and you see how far a long way it goes. when I think the talent will supersede it. I do. It could. It could, but I don't think it supersedes it right away. And I don't okay. think it supersedes it every down. They're not so, going to take Dawson Knox off the field permanently. So where would you be taking him in dynasty rookie drafts right now? And if you got into redraft later in the year, where would you take him? Redraft, I'm not taking him. Okay. And what about dynasty rookie drafts? Dynasty rookie drafts, third round. I do not draft tight ends in the really? first wow. two rounds. Not in the first two rounds. I know I took two this year, but it was in the third and fourth round. In our he, got, he got taken very early in our draft, so it was a very yeah. early second round when he got taken. Yeah. All right, next question I got for you. Uh, if the Tennessee Titans season starts to go south, will they bring in their mayo in the coffee eating Will Levis? And will it be Will Levis time, according to reports? Um, I think you could see that before the season even starts. Really? They traded up into this, you know, they traded up in the second round, obviously. Mm-hmm. to get Will Levis. They've been trying to replace Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> um, but... But keep paying him. They could try to trade Tannehill. I mean, they're going to do it. They need to do it soon. Well, no, not really. He's got a monster contract. I would try to. Yeah, but, I mean, training camp opens up. Oh, no, my star quarterback gets injured. We don't uh, have a, I don't know don't if he's a, a star quarterback. It's a little bit of a no, 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 I'm not talking about Tannehill. I'm saying, oh, no, someone's star quarterback gets injured. Okay. We need someone to come in now. Well, maybe they can get Tannehill. Maybe the Titans have to eat some of Tannehill's contract to do it. Or maybe but, you could go get Trey Lance. I mean, that's a possibility. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think you could see him still get traded. That's possible. But, I think Will Levis starts more games than Ryan Tannehill this year. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Are the Titans rebuilding? No. They're revamping, not rebuilding. They're totally rebuilding. All right, next question. Uh, we already mentioned him, so I'm going to throw all of these tight ends into a mixing pot so we can cover all of them quickly. Who will have a more productive career out of these three tight ends? Is it going to be Sam Laporta, who's going to be replacing TJ Hawkinson? Michael Mayer, who is going to be replacing Darren Waller with the Raiders? And I believe there was another one taken in that round, which I had listed. Give me one second. I know 
Luke Musgrave. Luke, Luke Musgrave to the Packers. Which one of these yeah. three is going to have the most productive career? Most productive career? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Well, who would you take early in their career then? Would you take a shot at any of these three? If you're asking me this year, I think it's probably um, Laporta. Just because he has the most chance for targets. In the Detroit offense? Yeah. Okay. But honestly, all three of these tight ends could be out of the league in three years. Oh, definitely. No, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it takes quite a while for tight ends to actually produce in the league the majority of the time. That's why they're it, terrible at taking dynasty. And I always go back to that draft, like the Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, David Njoku draft, where everyone's like, we have our next top three tight ends, and all three of them have done practically nothing for most of their careers. Except like, for Hawkins in the last year. No, I wasn't even talking. Hawkinson wasn't part of that group. I'm saying Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and OJ Howard. They all came out of the same draft class, and they were supposed to be the next big three, you know, tight ends. Oh, they're going to be great for fantasy forever. And they, those three have been highly disappointing up to this point. Yeah. I mean, Evan Ingram has had, what, two years where he was fantasy relevant his rookie year, and then this past year. He, like, he needed a change of scenery. Let's get honest. He was on a pretty right. shitty team, Ron. I mean, <laughs> uh, at least we didn't have to go get a geriatric person to try to fix our team. So true. <laughs> no, you just had to go get a bald head coach. Yeah. Hey, we have one too. I was going to say, you have a bald head coach too. Wait a minute. And GM. Maybe that's the key. And Maybe offensive I'm... coordinator. Just need oh, more bald man. people on our teams. Wait, Hackett's bald? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, we'll move on here. Is Jaden Reed a sneaky slot target for the Packers offense? Yeah, I think he is. I think he can come right in and be the wide receiver too on that team. I mean, all they really have is Christian Watson. But, you know, that whole team depends on how Jordan Love plays, and no one knows. No, that's a complete wild card. He could be absolute trash. He could be a pro bowler. I think think he's got the – Lowest floor and the highest ceiling of a lot of quarterbacks in this league. But uh, yeah. I think the Packers are going to be in for a disappointing year. I'm seeing something like 6-11 and 11 for them. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, they barely – they didn't even make the playoffs last year. And now they don't have Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see what Jordan Love does with that team, and it is now his team. Um. All right, so where would you look to potentially draft them just really late in your dynasty drafts then? Jane Reed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would okay. love to get him in like the third round. That's where I got him. Actually, I got him in the fourth round of our dynasty draft. He just kind of felt at me. I'm like, yeah, I got him in the fourth round. Kind of surprised me that he was still there. All right, next question. Uh, does Zach Charbonnet, who got drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, or Kenneth Gainwell suffer from a dynasty perspective now that they're both on the Seattle Seahawks roster? Yeah. This is tough. This is one of the toughest questions of the night. It's ridiculous. This sucks because I love Charbonnet and I like Kenneth Walker. And it's going to be great for the Seattle Seahawks in real life football, but from a dynasty and a fantasy football perspective, this sucks. Kenneth Walker was going to be my keeper in our auction league. Bet she isn't anymore. I just don't know anymore. 
You're going to have to look at the reports and yeah. look through the smoke. And I don't want to do all that. I want to just, I wish they didn't draft him. This could be a Zeke Pollard kind of situation where both of them could be productive, though. I will say that is an outcome here. I'm not saying they're necessarily both going to be useless for fantasy football, but I think both of their ceilings did marginally decrease when this happened. I think that both their ceilings are now a low end. No, a high end running back too. That's painful because Kenneth Walker could have been a top five running back this year. Yeah. And I just don't think he gets there without some without Charbonnet getting injured. I will say though, if either one of these two get in, get injured, I think the other one can carry that team and potentially win dynasty and redraft leagues for And a that's a problem. See, because you have to draft them. Yep, you do. Because if it's just one of them, that's fantasy gold. All right, where are you looking at them in redress, even early right now in this process? I think you still are going to have to take Kenneth Walker in, like, the second round, probably. Ouch. Let me put it this way. I was doing – I'm in the middle of a dynasty startup right now, one QB. Mm -hmm. Kenneth Walker went 111 after the draft. It sounds like Charbonnet may be the better value then. Oh, Charbonnet is one hundred percent going to be the better value because people will probably you'll probably be able to get him tenth, eleventh round. I wouldn't be shocked if he pushes all the way up to the seventh, though. I think people are going to fall in love with him. He could, but I mean, I I would ninth to tenth round would probably be optimal place for him to be. If he's any higher than that, I won't have any shares. I won't. It sucks because I love both these running backs. Right. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get out of this depression land and talk about uh, some more depressing <laughs> stuff. Right. Is, is Rasheed Rice a Sky Moore Chiefs trap? Oh. Can you draft him? I, I, I'm going to go with no, but only because they haven't brought in the amount of wide receivers that they brought in last year. You're right. They're down two. Yeah, they lost like they, last year. They brought in Juju. They brought in MVS. They had McCole Hardman. Like I don't think any. I know McCole Hardman's not on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju's not on the team anymore. And I, is MVS still on the team? MVS is still there. Okay, but it's MVS. Like it is not. So that's the only reason I think uh, Rasheed Rice is the. Sky more replacement. So he's gonna do nothing then. No, no, I'm saying he they did not like what they saw from Sky Moore. So they brought in Rashad Rice to take over his role. Right. So Sky Moore's gonna do nothing this year. Rashid Rice is gonna do nothing this year. Right, yeah. What about yeah, I mean and they brought in another Giants wide receiver outside of it, outside of who you guys traded to him last year, too. Who'd they bring in? The guy that was productive for you guys late in the season. Name's escaping me. I don't know who you're talking about. Give me one second. Isaiah Hodgins is still on our team. What's mm, the other one? Oh, uh... Oh, God. Richie, Richie James. James. I think Richie <laughs> James could actually be their wide receiver, too. I mean, maybe. But I don't think that necessarily would be productive too. So 
everyone wants the Chiefs to have a productive wide receiver for fantasy, and we always think that they're going to. And then it's just trash. at the number two position, and it always ends up being just absolute trash because yeah. it goes to two players, Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm staying away from this mousetrap. Let's move on. To I mean, else. if I can get Rasheed Rice late in drafts, I'll take a no, flyer. Just, just don't even do it. Just don't depress yourself. Well, All right, flyer. All right, will Marvin's Mims get buried on the Denver Broncos wide receiving depth chart, or will they end up trading one of these guys? I still, they, I still think they end up trading Cortland Sutton. But there's still some other wide receivers there, I believe. I mean, Patrick's there. They also have an old favorite of ours coming off from injury. What's his name, Rob? KJ Hamler, who's done absolutely nothing, so I don't know why you guys love him so much. Um, <laughs> has he even had a 100-yard game yet? No. Yeah, he had one. He had one. Oh, one. One was yes. it. Yes. Um, Marvin Mims was third round? Yes, I want to say. Late third round. Um, so I don't think he takes over anyone, but I do think that there's still a chance that they trade a wide receiver. Marvin Mims is kind of an interesting player because he's got a lot of parody among the fantasy community where some people cannot stand him and they think he's going to just flame out real quick. And there's a lot of other people who think he's got a lot of talent. I can tell you right now, I'm not taking him. His last name is Mims and there's Denzel Mims on my roster. I'm not taking him. It's just not happening. <laughs> What's the matter? You uh, have old wounds that haven't healed yet? little PTSD. <laughs> All right, next one. Will Hennon Hooker... Ever start for the Detroit Lions? Is he worth a late round flyer, or is the Jared Goff extension going to happen? He's definitely not. Uh, are you talking dynasty late round flyer? Yes. Oh, one hundred percent worth a dynasty late round flyer. I think I he went in the back of the second round in our dynasty rookie league. He's immensely talented. I think. Yeah, I agree, and we talked about this a bit earlier in the news section. Um, so I don't need to harp on it too long, but I don't think they extend Jared Goff unless he starts, if unless he plays very well this year to the point where they have to extend him. Okay, was he the product of a system, though? A lot of people call the Tennessee Vols offense kind of a facade where he was just really good in the system, or do you think he's actually pretty talented? I mean... I think the Lions kind of answered that question. They think he's talented enough to take back of the second round, beginning of the third round, to bring him in and see what he actually is. It's incredible um, how high a lot of quarterbacks went in this draft. Like There was 11 I quarterbacks mean, taken with a lot of draft capital. Yeah, and I mean, you got to bring him in, right? Yeah. So if they see him in practice when he's healthy and everything and he's starting to move the ball and making everything look good – like Jared Goff has been very, very okay his entire career. They went to the Super Bowl that one year. That was his ceiling. Okay. Next one. Is Kendra Miller's talent going to get him work in a very veteran-friendly running back room with the Saints? I think what's going to – I mean, yeah, he definitely could. I mean – Chances are Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. I think that's six, likely. Four to six games. Jamal Williams is there, but, you know, we see this all the time. They bring in a guy, but then they draft a guy 
you know, they bring in these guys just in case they don't get the guy they want in the draft. So it's very possible Kendry Miller comes out of training camp in preseason, is splitting 50-50-ish with Jamal Williams, and starts taking over the role more and more. And then when Alvin Kamara comes back, they trade him. (laughs) It's possible. Like, they could trade him. I mean, he's got a big contract there. JJ pointed out when we were in the chats that he's got a monster contract. They may be stuck with him at least for one more year unless they do trade him. But the thing is, just because they have a massive contract don't mean they have to play him. I mean, his efficiency dropped. Yeah, and I don't... Last year. I think Kendrick Miller is immensely talented on a first and second down basis. Yeah, so he definitely could get work. Do I think he takes over the lion's share of the load this year? No. No, I don't. I think he could actually end up in that role where he's the one falling into the end zone this year. I know they took uh, what's-his-face there from Detroit who did that last year and had a ton of fantasy relevance because of it. Uh, what was the name of the other running back there? Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams. But he fell into the end zone, not last year, but the year before, 17 times. So he's got a nose for the end zone. That no, that was be his role year. with the Saints. No. He didn't oh, Kendra Miller? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant Yeah, he took a year off. And the year before that, he fell into the end zone 17 times. So he very much feels like he could be in the Williams role. One of these two, I think, will – I do think they're going to end up splitting the backfield with an Alvin Kamara suspension coming. And even when Alvin Kamara comes back, they're going to look to phase him out. And if Miller is playing well, I think he'll keep that role. Yeah. All right. Any thoughts on Tank Dell for the Texans for a lacking wide receiver I have not. I do not like Tank Dell. Draft him fourth round of your rookie draft. Hopefully you have a taxi squad. Put him on there. See if anything develops. Then move on. All right. Is Jalen Hyatt a Sterling Shepard clone ready to have a large role for the Giants offense? You know I love him, Ron. I told you your team would end up with him in the first round. Instead, you got him in the third round. I saw Sterling Shepard. I knew the Giants would want him. You got him. What's your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt now that you've had a week to reflect? Um, our starting three wide receivers are probably going to be Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, and Wanda Robinson. Damn right. Um, we are not going to have a super pass happy offense. And I think Darren Waller will be the first read for most things. Mm-hmm. He is probably by far our, well, he's definitely our biggest target that we have running around out there. Um, Jalen Hyatt, I think, is a athletic uh, fucking freak. He is an athletic freak, and he's fast. And I think that's a a thing. I mean, we've seen Daniel Jones hit Darius Slayton down the field quite a few times last year. And if Jalen Hyatt can do that and maybe do that better, I mean, that opens up our offense. It opens up the running game, and it opens up the underneath stuff to like Wondell Robinson and. Uh, Darren Waller. So, do I think it's a good pickup in the third round? Hell yes. Hell yes in the third round. I love it in the third round. Hated right. it in the first round. Love it in the third round. Are you glad I spoke it into existence? Oh, yes. Thank you, Joe. I know it was all you. You're welcome. I, I take credit, full credit for that one. And I will be watching him intently because of the passion that I did drafting him to your team after I then racially sent Josh Downs to your team. I still oh, wait, have look, not, Josh Downs is next on this. I still have not decided what jersey I'm, I'm going to buy, either the first rounder Deontay Banks or the third rounder Jalen Hyatt. You have to get Hyatt now. 
I kind of want it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to wait and see what numbers they pick. That might be the justification of which one. All right. So I mentioned Downs, so let's talk about him. Can Josh Downs establish himself in the slot role for the Colts? And is that even valuable with his rookie QB there? I think he can establish himself in the slot role. I don't think it'll be value. Like we said, Anthony Richardson. Not this year, I don't think. Not this year, no. Um, I think Anthony Richardson will probably max out about between 28 and 3,000 passing yards, 28, or 2,800 and 3,000 passing yards. Um, not a whole lot of passing touchdowns. So I don't think he'll be great this year. Probably have some flash games. Mm-hmm. But all you're looking really to see out of him is maybe getting – you know, looking good on the field is what you want to see for long-term success. So if you can do that, then, relevance, I don't think though. Right. Okay. Cedric Tillman, wide receiver for the Browns. Is he going to get lost in a deep wide receiving court? Yes. He is a very nice size for a wide receiver, which there was a lot of the, well, there was not a lot of them in this draft. Yeah. But Amari that. Cooper, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore are going to be the two guys. Like, and Donovan Beeple's Jones is a third. Yeah. But, Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper are the most talented wide receivers they have on that team. Yes. By a long shot. Uh, so you're ignoring Cedric Tillman then? Yes. Okay. Not in Dynasty, but in redraft. All right. Is Tajay Spears the eventual replacement for Derrick Henry? I mean, it seems like it, but I still, think Derrick Henry's, I still think Derrick Henry's on that team this year. We'll see. But I'm asking you the question, so what are you, you going to tell the heckling fandom? Yeah, I think he is eventually the replacement. I think he's going to go into a great system that wants to run the ball and everything. So, so I what think, I'm gathering here is from a dynasty's perspective is not that great first year, but excellent upside second year? Yeah. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add? Nope. Okay. Got a few more here. <laughs> this one you may want to take a little bit more time on. Because I know you drafted him and you definitely called your shot here, which I respected. Is Devin A. Chain the best fantasy fit for the Dolphins and for value of all of rookie drafts? Listen. Especially for where you can get him. I was waiting for the Miami Dolphins to take someone at the running back position. Speed. And God, do the Dolphins love their speed. And they got a speedy person in Devon A. Chain. Fits their scheme perfectly. I think he comes out within the first five weeks and is the running back one on this team. And no pun intended, but runs away with it. And the fact that you have Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, so no one can put eight in the box on this team. You cannot do it. Impossible. Call your shot here, Ron. Is he a running back one by the end of the year? I guess we'll have to wait till we get to the bold takes episode now, won't we? Take a hint there. He's going to be. All right. We'll move <laughs> on to the next question. Is, Tank's big, is Tank Bigsby the direct backup for the Jags, and is he going to have sneaky production in that role? I do not think that he's direct backup for the Jaguars. Okay. I think he is the hammer for the Jaguars. <laughs> the early dog guy, yeah. huh? Yep. Yep. I think I think uh by the end of the year, it won't be right away, but by the end of the year, Tanks Bigsby will be getting 
45-ish percent of the early down work. It'll always be ETN on third downs. And ETN's still going to get some early down work. But and here's the kicker. I think that makes ETN better for fantasy football. So are you calling Bigsby a high-end running back three and ETN a running back one with just a more solid floor? Yes. And less likely to get injured because he's actually got a running mate now? That's that's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. Next question. Can Rashawn Johnson become the starter for the Bears? Yes. And does Tyler Scott, wide receiver for the Bears, have any fantasy value this year? Because I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. I think it's going to be DJ Moore and then not much else in that. DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and then not much else. Okay. And what is Roshan Johnson's fantasy outlook if he does become the starter for the Bears? Um, He won't get the full workload. Uh, at most, this will be pretty much 50-50, I think. Herbert's there. Yeah, with Herbert there. If Herbert gets injured, you could see it skyrocket. However, uh, yeah. However, you got the running quarterback who's going to get touchdowns running the ball. And if Khalil Herbert's there, he's going to be the pass catcher and the leader of the timeshare. So in redraft 11th or 12th round? No, I wouldn't draft him. I would wait. Someone else is going to draft him, and then after the first couple of weeks when he's not getting a whole lot of work, they'll drop him, and then you can pick him up off waivers then. Where would you take him in rookie drafts? Back in the second round. Middle second round. I'd say middle middle second round. That's where JJ took him. Yes. Yeah. JJ's a smart man. Two to six. Usually he's right about the players, even Bears players, which he has a little bias too, but I think he's right here. They could be a sneaky team this year. They really could be. Yeah. All right. Is Stetson Bennett a good long-term dynasty stash? <laughs> well, how long-term? He's already pretty old. <laughs> He's 25. He went to the Rams, right? He did. I and love I love this fit because their quarterback has back and neck issues. Yeah. So he could start this year. I don't he's not going to start because he's going to outplay Matthew Stafford. But no. he could start because Matthew Stafford gets injured. Would he be and, productive for fantasy, though, or is it going to be a slaughter? I think he'll be all right. He's got I think Cooper Cup. There it could be. Yeah. yeah, he's got Cooper Cup, so I think he'll be fine. Low end QB two if he actually ends up starting. By the end of the year, he won't hit that because he's not going to start every game. If he was, if for some reason Matthew Stafford got injured in like preseason or whatnot, mm-hmm. and he started every single game, then yeah, he could probably hit low end. Is he, the, is he the long-term answer for the Rams? No, he doesn't have the draft capital. I mean, if they come out and they are play horribly this year, even, you know what I mean, and yeah. they end up with a top-five pick, I doubt it. If he shows out a little bit and it ends up being more of somewhere between 10 to 15, I think he could get a shot. Wait, I'm not saying he will be, but I think he's worth a dynasty stash. Wait, do the Rams have so. a first-round pick next year? <laughs> do they any year if they won't trade it away? Although they seem to be hoarding them now. Right, yeah, now they're hoarding them. I don't know. If they don't have one this year, they'll definitely have 20 over the next 20 years because they're going a different path. See, they sold their souls for the Super Bowl, and now they're paying for it. But yeah. they're still going to be happy because they'll still they be shining the that Lombardi. Yeah. For the next 10 years, they'll still be shining the Lombardi. 
All right, two more questions here. Can Israel Akanabanda speed create a fantasy relevant role for him in the Jets offense? No. Now go ahead. Yes, it absolutely can because first off, Brees Hall is going to be eased into the offense the first few weeks. And I think Izzy is actually going to end up being the direct backup to Brees Hall. I think the speed is going to show out. I do not think they believe in Carter as much. The only one who threatens here is the man that came in there late last season. Ron, why am I wrong? What round did they draft Izzy in? Fifth. Fifth, right. It's not even a guarantee he makes the team. Oh, bullshit, he won't make the team. Don't give me that I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying it's not a guarantee. It is a stone-cold fact he's going to make the team. I will buy your Hyatt jersey if he doesn't make the team. No bet. I will buy your Hyatt jersey (laughs) if he doesn't make the team. I love bets where I don't bet anything. That's great. So get that notion (laughs) out of your head now because that's not going to happen. Even if he does make the team, even if they ease Brees Hall in, how many weeks did they ease Brees Hall in? Probably two or three weeks, but I think he could establish a role there too. They want to keep Brees Hall healthy. And the offensive coordinator there ran two running back systems in both Mm -hmm. places he was running the offenses. So did Michael Carter Carter play good last year? He played like shit last year. He was horrible. He played like shit. Did Bam Knight play good last year? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. He he would be the only competition for Izzy, I think. And does draft capital matter? We'll see. If they were really looking for someone with speed to help ease in this player or to ease in Brees Hall, why would they not have taken Devon A. Chain in the second round? Uh, I can tell you that because we needed offensive line help. We could have used a defensive they, tackle. We could have used a safety because it wasn't really a need. So they're going to take Why would back they later. not have taken any other running back from rounds one through four? Because it's Izzy because, runs a four two nine, and they saw the value there. The running back wasn't the biggest need on the team, but they saw that and they're like, shit, that is some speed. So we're going to take right, it there. Yeah, it's the some value for their special teams. That is some value He'll to be, be the direct change picks. of pace back. I, I'm fine with that. And then he can be the number two there. He can do both. And if not, McCall Hartman can do the return. He's not here's my thing. Even if he becomes the number two, it won't be until later in the season. They're not going to give that to him over Michael Carter and over Bam Knight right now. Oh, okay. Now. So he'll be helping you in your playoffs as you're running back three, which will still He's be not going to be helping you in the playoffs because Brees Hall is there. Yes, Unless Brees dude, Hall gets both of them can be again. fantasy relevant though. No, they can't. Yes, you think Rodgers is going to allow them to run the ball that much that they're both going to be? Oh, well, Rodgers ran an offense where he had two productive running backs in Green Bay. So, yeah, it can happen. A.J. Dillon was rarely ever fantasy relevant. But he still had relevant weeks. This question is, is does he gonna is he going to have fantasy relevance? And A.J. Dillon still had his, and people still wanted him on his roster because Listen, his squads were huge. I th- okay, I think here here's the thing. I think here's where, where the hang-up is. You say fantasy relevance as in a week here or there. That's yes. not fantasy relevant. That's a fantasy landmine. That's fantasy relevance because that is a you're going to have roster clog because you will never be in your lineup when he has the good games. Fantasy landmine. So AJ when, Dillon wasn't in any lineups. Most of the time when he had his big games, if Aaron Jones was not injured, then. 
yes, he was not in fantasy lineups every time. <laughs> he was a fantasy landmine. Ask anybody who won a championship in the last three years if they won a championship because of A.J. Dillon. The answer is no. Ask him if they had A.J. Dillon in their lineup when they shouldn't have, and the answer will probably be yes. I know this because I had A.J. Dillon two years in a row. It sounds like you had a bad time with him. Right, because he wasn't fantasy relevant. He was a fantasy landmine. Everyone thought the production would be there because of this or that or the other thing, and it just wasn't because they had Aaron Jones. It'll be the same thing with anyone of not named Brees Hall in the New York Jets offense. Is your Giants hat twisted in a knot over there? No, I just, you like to hype up these players on your team, and it's ridiculous. So you weren't hyping up Hyatt at all if you, you claimed to not like him at all. I wasn't. I didn't hype him up. Did I say he was okay. did I say he was ever going to be fantasy relevant? No, I saw I that think, glimmer. I saw that glimmer in your eye. I excited. think he is a great player for the Giants team. Just like I think Israel will be a great punt returner this year. Israel Abana Kanda. I'm not. I'm way too tired to try to get that right. <laughs> All right, you ready for your last question? I love last questions. Here's okay. the problem, though. I'm reading your last question. That's I, my. That's my note. You have to come up with your own. But like, I really like that one. Well, all right. So, fine. I will model the question that way. Then, okay. Okay. <laughs> you can give the player because you really like them and can't be original. And then I'll say that was my <laughs> same really player. Like Okay, so anyway, we'll go into it. Does anyone stick out to you that was drafted in the sixth or seventh round that can be a surprise to fantasy owners and give you fantasy production this year, Ron? Go ahead and steal mine. Keishon Butte. Why? Because I know he had a down year, but he was coming off an injury. And before all of this, he was projected to be one of the top wide receivers coming out of this class. Early breakout age. Yes, sir? Top five, yeah. Yeah, isn't that what I said? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and I, where did he go? New England, right? Mm-hmm. Right, where they have absolutely no wide receivers. And I'm sorry, Juju doing TikTok dances is only like half a receiver. Right. So I think if Keishon Butte can get back to his, what was his good year, 20... 20 was it yeah it's two or three years ago he, yeah. he had a lot of stuff in life happened he had a kid he kind of went away from football and he had um, a really bad injury yeah so this whole past year he was dealing with that injury and if you look at the back half of the year it actually was starting to get better mm-hmm. but he was playing for a crap team and if anyone can get the talent out of a player that's been under the league and fire up that passion it's an asshole, Bill Belichick, who would get a value of a wide receiver in the sixth or seventh round after taking no freaking offensive players the whole rest of the draft. So look for Butte to have yeah. a great year. A great freaking year. He'll you're going to be, be picking him off of, off of waivers after week one. He'll probably be rookie of the year. Yeah, get ready for it. <laughs> not Bijan, not Jimmy here. He'll be Kejan Kejan Butte. Get ready for it. Ryan's going to be shoving this in our faces. Hey, look. We took no offensive players except for one late, and he was phenomenal. We took a kicker in the third round. We traded up to take a kicker. We traded up to to the Jets to take a kicker. That fucking team, Uh, man. The Patriots drafts are fun to watch. 
Yeah, I just love them just trading out between 14 and 15 just to give the Steelers a chance to take an offensive lineman they knew the Jets were going to take. And then they're willing to trade with us later to take a kicker. Like, the shit they do just to annoy us, that we are going to murder them on the field this year, and I am going to enjoy every second of it. Every second. I'm ahead, Ron. You ready to get out of here? You're getting up here, Joe. I'm telling you, you got to bring your expectations down. It feels a lot I've waited, better when it's I have waited. I have waited 30 years to be able to act like this. You are going to hear it at least for one year. And but then I'll Joe, be right back in my hole. But what if it doesn't work out? Then what's different? It doesn't work out any other year. At least let me enjoy it now. But you got That's what I did last year. I started here. And then when it was starting to work out, everything was great. No, no, I am. No, because all, guess what? Fans were talking shit about the Jets when we sucked. And now that they think that we're going to be good, they're just calling us the New York Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I, I don't care. Guess what? I've got I mean, a good roster. We brought in more talent again today. We're going to continue to bring in more talent on paper. It looks good. So let me at least enjoy it for the summer before it falls apart like it always does. If I brought in a Hall of Fame QB into the Giants, I probably would be the same fucking way. Yeah. It, it just let in me my, enjoy some in happiness. the Giants team overall is not even anything close to what the Jets team is. See you in week one, buddy. That would be awesome. I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, don't worry. You have a coach, though, that can probably find a way to keep the game close. I would rather uh, do week one when your team isn't, like, all uh, – chemistry. Yeah, when the offense doesn't have all that chemistry. Brees Hall is not 100%. You know what I mean? Get ready. It's going to be an official machine come week one, then. That's 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 the, exactly the week I would like to face the Jets this year. <laughs> not week 10. Because that would probably be our highest probability of winning at that moment. Not saying the Giants didn't increase but, their team this year, because I think they did a lot of good things, but... Let's end on that good comment. That's a good high note. I like that. <laughs> All right, guys. If you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, make sure to like and subscribe to the show here on YouTube. Also, feel free to throw questions in the comments. We, we're a little bit light on those tonight. We love to have those. Feel free to leave voicemails like EJ did tonight, too. We get to them live on the show, whether they are nice, mean, nasty... Leave voicemails or hate mails. We don't care what they are. www.garbagetimeff.com. You can also listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Amazon, iHeartRadio. Tune in anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also live on Twitch and Twitter. Ron, anything you'd like to say to the Heckling fandom before we get out of here? Nope, that's it. Just do what Joe said. Leave us some comments. Like and subscribe. Jets are going to the Super Bowl. Have a good night. Oh, shit.